My name is Phil Mendoza, and this is a championship bow hunting podcast fueled by Mountain Ops. Join me and my guests as we give you bow hunting tips to take your preparation to the next level. Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 45. I'm going to start off today by thanking today's episode partner, Hoyt Archery. Check out their full line of uh, bows, including the Defiant series. I just got my new Defiant set up after its custom paint job, and it's shooting sweet. So make sure you check them out, HoytArchery.com. Today's episode, we're going to talk about the 3D portion of the Train to Hunt event. Uh, we talked with Tim Gillingham last week on uh, touching a little bit about the types of term- tournament archery that he's involved in. And today I want to get a little bit more involved into something that I've been a little bit more passionate about the last few years, and that's the the Train to Hunt events. So today, like I said, I want to break down more of what the 3D portion is. Uh, My partner on the Natural Born Hunter podcast, Will Bradley, has been getting some guests on to to touch on, you know, the meat pack. He's got Kenton on to talk about the the entire overall events, uh, the, the format layout. I think Will's also broke down some of the uh, the shooting portion as well. But for today's episode, to help you better understand what you're looking at on this type of event, uh, I want to talk about the three major components to start off with that I feel when you're going into any type of 3D competition, what you need to be aware of and what you need to be preparing for. And those three different components uh, happen to be a, your yardage judging on an unmarked yardage type of event like Train to Hunt is. Uh, secondly, your shooting, your shot execu- execution, your group size, knowing your equipment, knowing how it performs, you know, under different conditions. Uh, lastly, course management. I mean, understanding the game, understanding the scoring, uh, understanding, you know, Train to Hunt is what I call a par game. So, Basically, the 10 ring is scored as a 5 in Train to Hunt, so you can't hit any bonus rings. So it's not a par plus, what I call like what an IBO or ASA happens to be. And into those ASA and IBO games, you start to become more critical on a few things as far as strategy. Um, Especially when you get into ASA, whether you're aiming at a lower or upper 12, where yardage becomes more critical and strategy if you're going to be aiming hard at a lower or upper 12 based on uh, you know, the distance of the target or how comfortable you are with with judging. So like I said, getting more into the game that, that, that Kenton has built on the 3D side, those are our three main components. Again, yardage judging, shooting, and course management. So what do I feel the number one, I mean, how do I put those in order? What's more important? And I, I'm going to start with course management and understanding the game. Again, like I said, the scoring for Train to Hunt is scored on a 5-3-1. So 5 for the 10 ring, 3 for the 8 ring, 1 for anywhere on the body. So IBO 11s don't count, ASA 12s don't count. You're basically shooting at a 4-5 to five inch ring in the vitals that, that is your highest scoring possibility. Because of that, I say that, like I said, un- understanding how to approach the game is important because you're not having to gun at an inch and a half to two inch uh, bonus ring. Now you're, you're, you're just trying to stay safe into a 10 ring. And 
that that's great for bow hunters because it becomes a little bit more realistic uh, when you're starting to add the element of variables with footing being uneven, shooting from a kneeling position, having time shots, drawing and hold your bow for 30 seconds. All those things become more critical in your shot sequence. And and from there, I, I take my second priority is being your, your shot execution. So why I, I say this is my second priority, because it's like this. If I can, if I know, if I understand my, my game and myself and my shooting abilities, and let's say I can shoot at 30 yards. Let's say I can hold a two inch group. And that's, you know, from, from any position and in any variables, if I can, and I'm, I'm just using some numbers for examples here. So if I can hold a two inch group at 30 yards, and then I know what my 40 yard group is and my 50 and 60, because the additional variable that trained to hunt will take one or two targets out to about 60 yards on a, on a regional event. Uh, where ASA and IBO are in the 50 to 55-yard range. So you've got a little bit more distance to play with, so you really need to understand your group sizing at all those distances. And the reason for that is if you happen to have a target that you're not comfortable on the yardage or you're not 100% on the yardage, well, as long as you know what your group average group size is at a target at said distance, then then you understand that... You start looking at, for example, the uh, look outside of the ten ring. How much distance do you have above the ten ring? How much distance do you have below the ten ring before you hit the eight line, the eight five line? And if a target happens to be three inches above and maybe an inch and a half below, then you start to play that game where my group size happens to be five inches at this distance, and that's probably going to take me out of the ten ring if I don't make a perfect shot and judge it right. So now you start favoring the top of the IVO eleven or the bottom based off of where the scoring rings lay. So now you're playing, you're, you're playing the odds, you're, you're, you're using um, what, what the target's giving you to make a decision. So you're actually, once you start implementing certain uh, skill or, or just using your mind to, to help you walk through a target, sometimes that helps you relieve some of the anxiety of maybe not being as confident in your yardage. And that, again brings me to the last portion of of the third element which is yardage judging and i i many people think that this is the key element to being successful at this game and i think it's important they're equal they're all important but i still think that in a train to hunt style event yardage judging happens to be a little less important than understanding how how your shooting is at a different you know with the different scenarios and, and again, as I break it down and say, because our goal is to stay within that four to five inch ten ring, it's not as critical that you have to hit a inch and a half to two inch bonus ring at thirty to fifty five yards. You know, so that's where I get into the to the the theory of it, it's not a play safe game; it's just don't make a mistake game, and. And if people can learn to judge yardage in, in group, I don't want to say grouping, but if, if you can walk up to a target and you don't have to nail it, you don't have to know exactly if it's 43 yards or if it's 45 yards. If you have an idea that it's within 43 to 45 yards, okay, well, you, you've got a range and, and you can be comfortable within judging a target within two to three yards at said distance based off your group size and, and shoot it accordingly. So... Instead of 
being so uptight about having to learn to judge a yardage exactly to a yard or to a half yard, which some of the the, the higher end shooters on the ASA and IBO circuit do in your train to hunt style shooting game, the three D game, uh, it, you don't. It's not as critical. So again, when you start judging yardage, one of the things that tips, one of the tips, or one of the you know suggestions I have for shooters learning to judge yardage is, of course, get out and do it. Right, get a good range finder. See so when you get out to a three D course, whether you're judging the target first and then checking it with the range finder, you need to be able to be confident that you're you're sighted into your range finder and, and the way you're judging. But second to that, start to identify what certain targets look like at different yardages. So when when you maybe you, you take a an hour to go shoot, an hour and a half to go shoot your, your range, and then spend another 20, 30 minutes where you can just walk up to a target, look at that target at 20 yards, back up to 25, look at it at 25, back up to 30, 35, 40, and get out to what, you know, wherever your competition distances are going to lay in, Get out there and start to identify what certain targets look like at said distance. And granted, there is no baseline as far as whether we're shooting Reinhardt or McKenzie targets for trained to hunt. It's pretty much depending on what the club has available. So, <clears throat> excuse me. With that being said, you need to get out and look at a lot of targets. You need to get out and look at targets that uh, whatever is available. If you have some that you can throw in your backyard or you have some at a buddy's house, you know, maybe just ask if it's okay if you stop at home by their house after work and go look at those targets. If you can start looking at those targets three to five days a week, you know, if you can do it every day, then you're going to get much better at it. But if you can start at least recognizing depth perception, identifying targets at different distances, and again, don't be so anal that you have to know it to the exact yardage in this type of game. If As long as your group size is... You got you can hold a pretty good group size out to 40, 50, 60 yards. Then the the game is played for the most part between 25 and 35, 38 yards. So that's where I would focus on. I'm not saying I wouldn't worry about the longer distance targets. I would say that the majority of your practice for judging yardage should be in that 25 to 40 yard range, and then from there your your further distances. But again. Learn to identify a grouping, if you will. If that target looks like it could be between 37 and 40 yards, okay, well, then maybe that's enough to start. And then from there, learn to shoot it. From Once you get your grouping, then look at the 8-5 line above, look at the 8-5 line below, and then decide if you're going to hold right in the center of the 10 ring, if you're going to favor the top of the 10 ring or the bottom of the 10 ring. So as you start to uh, play the game of which is the lesser evil, then as you're doing that and you start looking at more targets and you start becoming more comfortable in shooting a 3D target, then you're going to become better at the game. Anytime you can get out and shoot any 3D event, I encourage it. Like I said in the last tournament or last podcast, tournaments, in my opinion, are huge in the growth of a shooter and a bow hunter. So the more games you can play, the better you're going to be. So that's all I've, I've got on this topic here. Like I said, the Ken's done a really good job with adding a lot of bow hunter specific elements into this game. It is more it's it's been more western based as it starts to move east. I'm excited to see what some of the eastern bow hunters think about it. But that being said, get out, experience it. There's a great group of people that shoot it. Don't get overly nervous about this game. If you are and you've got a partner, then this might be a good consideration partner up because then you can talk you can discuss the yardage you know that's where 
most of us bow hunters are dependent on a rangefinder, myself included, when we're hunting. You know, when when you get into the game of maybe having a partner, well, now you can bounce ideas off each other. Well, that target looks like it's 43 or 44 yards to me. No, that's probably closer to 47 or 48. All right, well, why don't you shoot it first for 46 yards? And let's see what we ha- see what happens. That team event is is really forgiving to helping uh, maybe a, someone who shoots stronger and ju- ju- doesn't judge as well to maybe the other partner shoot judges better and doesn't shoot as well. So it, it's it's a really good game because you can discuss things, have fun with it, reduce some pressure from from being in a competition, and experience it. So. Like I said, that's all I've got for this one. I encourage you to go out and check Train to Hunt's events. If there's one close to you, uh, check them out. They're a lot of fun. A couple final tips as far as just understanding the game for, for Train to Hunt. Guys shooting 75, 80 pounds, I encourage you to maybe turn your bow down a little bit. Having If you get into nationals and some of the other events where some of the shots become more difficult, where you may have to draw and hold your bow for a minute, if you want to do that, that's fine, and you're prepared for. You want to prepare for hunting, that's great. But just know that uh, there's guys like myself that I'm probably not going to shoot more than 67, 68 pounds because I can draw and hold my bow for two minutes if I need to, and I'm going to be more accurate if I'm comfortable in all settings, including when I'm tired. So I would say this is still a game. This is not hunting. So keep those keep that in, in in the back of your mind uh guys that are shooting you know a 550 grain hunting arrow you come out to a train to hunt event everything just became more critical with your yardage judging because your trajectory is going to be a lot worse than someone that's shooting 290 feet plus feet per second or 300 feet per second so <clears throat> there's a couple things in there that this is to help you as a bow hunter but this is still a game so understand that and play it accordingly the last thing is when you're going to add the element of shooting some of the targets where you have an elevated heart rate or the challenge course, and, and we'll get into that more later, but I wouldn't shoot a really light trigger. If you happen to be breathing hard and you accidentally get your finger on that trigger before you want to, you may have just cost yourself 20 burpees on a on a miss um, because that trigger is set so light that you couldn't even get your finger set properly while you were breathing hard. So those are just a couple other tips I'll throw in there in general for the game. Um, I want to touch a little bit on what we've got coming up this week. The next few episodes, I think the next four or five episodes, we are going to have audio like normal, and we're also going to have video the video uh, feature for the YouTube's uh, page. So we're going to start adding some more content. Like I said, I just got my bow back a couple days ago from getting it custom finish on it i'm going to be going over some of the product reviews some of the components i have on that bow and put those up on youtube in addition to like i said some of the guests that i have to help me cover the next topic and and that comes down to hunting skill and instinct and experiences in the field so those are going to be our the next few weeks worth of content make sure you check it out we're going to have a bonus episode this week later in the week with chad chenault as uh as he just, uh, they're actually in Foley, Alabama right now at the first ASA event. So I want to catch up with Chad, good friend of mine, to see how that event went. Record attendance from what I understand. And make sure you check out the Championship Bowhunting newsletter. Subscribe. We will have, we do do monthly giveaways, one, one, once a month newsletters. 
so lots of lots of cool stuff we're giving away there. It's basically giving you information as to what's coming for the next month. And with that, I'll just go ahead and leave you with a combination of a couple phrases. And as bow hunters, we need to be able to eliminate variables and never settle for a perfect imperfect shot. So thanks a lot. We'll see you guys on the next one.